It's a tight family. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, Anansi the Spider, A Tale from the Ashanti, by Gerald McDermott, published by Henry Holt and Company. Anansi the Spider is a tale about a spider and his six sons. Anansi, gotta be careful saying that one, is the father's name, and he seems to continually get himself into some trouble, like a drunk college kid stumbling around, not knowing to just call it a night. Will his sons decide to help, or will they leave him to fend for himself, and say, good riddance? Well, don't let the fact that they're spiders scare you away. Let's experience someone else's culture for a change. To get started, we first have to know a few things. First off, this tale is from the Ashanti. No, not the singer known for What's Love with Fat Joe, or that other smash hit Always on Time with Ja Rule. If that was the case, this would be a celebrity book review. The Ashanti are a part of the Akan ethnic group. No, not the singer Akan with such hits as I Wanna Love You and Smack That, because again, this would be a celebrity review. The Akan are from modern-day Ghana, and this is one of their folk tales. And the main character's name, Anansi, quite literally translates to Spider, which makes the title seem redundant, to say the least. Spider, the Spider? With that title and the Irish last name, Putting two and two together, my guess is Gerald McDermott isn't a part of the Ashanti. Now we can begin. Gerald starts out like a comedian who knows he's going to bomb. He introduces Anansi and then claims that the people where the Ashanti live love this story. Yeah, man, I bet this really kills over there. Don't care. I'll decide if it's any good. That's what I'm here for. Anyway, Anansi had six sons. Let's learn their names, shall we? His first son's name was C. Trouble, and his name would suggest he had the ability to see trouble coming. Could you imagine what a wet blanket this guy would be? He's that guy when he tells you to do something, you do the opposite, just to prove him wrong. Hey guys, come on, it'll be fun to cliff dive. Uh, I don't know, you guys. I'm not the biggest fan of heights. I see trouble. Yeah, you know what? I'm doing it. Oh, jeez. I think I broke my ankle. Hey, guys, let's go hit on John's girlfriend. I don't know. That guy hates me. I see trouble. Yep, let's do it. Oh, damn, my eye. Hey, guys, I heard Tide Pods slap. I see trouble. Shut the hell up. Let's do this thing. The second son's name is Road Builder. I don't think I need to explain that one. Now Gerald claims the third son was, quote, thirsty, end quote. And his name is River Drinker. So I'm guessing he's the way too drunk guy in the corner of the bar hitting on the girl who's six inches taller than him. 
The next two sons' names explain themselves again with Game Skinner and Stone Thrower. I'll let you guess, with all these cool names that describe actions, what the sixth son's name will be. No, it's not Rolls Boulders. And nope, it's not Spears Game. It's Cushion. What the hell is that? I guess even over in Africa, they struggle with fat shaming. Well, my last son isn't really good at much, but we have to come up with something. He is a bit pudgy. Hmm. I got it. Let's name him Cushion. Yeah, he'll love that. Yeah, he'll love that. He's not going to harbor any ill will for the rest of his life or anything. Sure you don't want to name him? Gives great hugs. Yeah, that's too long. Cushion it is, then. Nice work. Moving on. Quote, One time, a Nazi went a long way from home. Far from home. End quote. Gerald loves redundancy. He's making it pretty clear that a Nazi is trying to abandon his family. There's only one reason you would go far away from home. It's to get the hell away from your kids. I bet it was Cushion. This guy ends up getting lost and stumbling right off the side of a cliff and into a fish's mouth. Welp, that's the end of a Nazi. Didn't think the story would be this short. Just then, though, the six sons spring into action. Oh, no way! Son sees trouble, saw that happening. I would have never guessed that one. This is crazy. Road builder builds a road all the way to their dad. Which, fun fact, today that road is now called I-90. And it hasn't been worked on until this year. Which makes sense as to why there's all those potholes. Somehow the boys find the exact fish Anansi's in. And can you guess which son does something next? No, it's not Cushion. River Drinker sucks up the whole river. That spider is going to have to take a huge leak later. I hope he forces himself to go before the family gets back on the road. Or he's going to be the son in the back adding hours onto the trip, demanding they stop because he has to go to the bathroom. By drinking up all the river though, this obviously kills the fish. And I have to say, I didn't think this tale would be so graphic. Game Skinner even takes the fish and slices that bastard up, all the way down to its bones. And out of it springs Anansi, like some sort of a man-baby. Whoa, it was hot in there. And he's completely unharmed. That was lucky. Thank goodness these guys acted so quick. What the? This is crazy. Just then, a falcon swoops in and scoops up Anansi. I didn't think there would be this much action, but it's becoming clear Anansi is the comedic relief. He's like Mr. Magoo just bumbling around, and it leaves me wondering, what trouble will this goof get himself into next? It ends up he's lucky. One of his sons has a good arm. Stone Thrower smokes the bird, which then causes it to drop Anansi. Oh no way! Even Cushing gets to help out, and he uses his soft ass to catch his old dad in the nick of time. 
the story now turns wholesome. It's great to see them back, happy together as a full family. I'm glad they have Daddy back, even if it's only for a short period of time. Quote, All home again that night, Kawaku Anansi found a thing in the forest. End quote. Can't fault the Ashanti for being matter-of-fact. It appears to be the moon. Well, because Anansi doesn't want to give up anything of his own, he decides he's going to give it to the son who deserves it most for saving him. He has a hard time figuring it out, so he calls a god named Niame to help him out. It's like calling in your bro when you can't figure out if you should dump yo girl and go out gambling till 4am, or go to bed at 10 on a Friday night after watching a rom-com. So Anansi asks Niame to hold the moon until he can figure out the problem. And Niame's like, Sure, bruh. Anansi and the sons argue all night about who should have the moon. And Niame slowly backs away like, I didn't want to be drugged into this, bruh. And he takes the moon up to the sky. And the story ends explaining that the moon is still there. Sounds like Anansi still can't decide. How long has it been? Just flip a coin. Actually, since it's six suns, just roll a die. Figure it out. Well, clearly the moral to this story is, bring as many presents as there are people who deserve it. If you show up to a birthday party and you only have one gift, you're going to look like quite the asshole. And that's exactly what Anansi was in this situation. It even created a massive argument. I'm just shocked this is how we got the moon. From a spider finding a thing in the forest. George, or the Ashanti people, crushed this story. It had comedy at every turn. From Anansi not being able to stay out of trouble, to Anansi not being able to make a decision for millennia. That's one hell of a predicament. Ha ha! The story also had plenty of suspense and excitement to go along with it. And I love that every character had a special role. Too many stories introduce characters that mean nothing to the story. This story was certainly not the case. As for George's pictures, they were quite unique and seemed to capture the themes of the story quite well. If you don't buy the story, the pictures will certainly keep you turning. What's great is, now if you're at a party and you get confronted by a know-it-all and they ask you if you know anything about Africa, you can say yes. No, I'm not talking about the band Yes, with such hits as Close to the Edge and Roundabout. I'm talking about confirming that you do know a little something about the people of modern-day Ghana. No one can call us uncultured. So on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm giving this book a 4.1. I'm having the full bird. This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.